0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition. This weekend, we've got a special episode coming to you live from Dallas, Texas, where I was speaking at a residential assisted living conference. Today's segment is a QA session and we'll give you a different perspective on raising capital for that particular segment of the industry. Enjoy. People, Well, good morning. Good morning. Put up your hand if you're uncomfortable asking for money. Awesome, because when you're raising capital, you should never, ever, ever be asking for money. What I do when I'm looking to raise capital is I'm offering people the opportunity to collaborate with me on a project. And that that has a completely different feel to it. And it's not just playing games with words, it's a different perspective. And think about it from the point of view, if, if you had a very strong relationship with somebody, somebody that you really cared about, and you had a compelling opportunity, if you're sitting on the winning lottery ticket, you'd be disloyal to not offer them the opportunity to go halfsies on that lottery ticket. So you're not asking them for money, you're offering the opportunity to collaborate with them on a project. That's completely, completely different. Low talked about the importance of relationship. And that's vitally important. One of the rookie mistakes that I see a lot of people make is this idea that if someone, well, you know, Uncle Joe has money, therefore, I'm gonna hit him up for money. Well, that may not be the right fit. You know, if Uncle Joe is only invested in treasury bills and, you know, 1% certificates of deposit at the bank, you know, you're talking about building a, a new assisted living home. You're in outer space from his point of view. This is not necessarily gonna be a good fit. So when it comes to investing, what you're looking for is that perfect fit between the goals for the money and the goals for your project. And if that perfect fit doesn't exist, it's gonna be forced. And anytime something's forced, it usually doesn't work. Think of it a little bit like a marriage. You know, if, if, if you're out there, let's say you're, you, know, you meet someone at a bar and, and you really start pleading with them, you know, let's go out together, like, does that work? It's forced, it, it doesn't work. So all of these relationships have to follow a very natural progression. It has to feel natural and effortless. So if you're taking someone who's never invested in real estate or never invested in assisted living or anything like that, and you know, you're gonna take them to 180 degrees and say, well, come look at this over here, that's a very heavy lift. It's a very heavy lift and you're probably not going to be successful. On the other hand, you may have someone in your circle, maybe a physician sitting on a lot of cash, they may own four townhouses, they already get real estate, they get the concept of residual income, and you say, by the way, you know, you've done a good job over here, why don't you look at this other opportunity, it's just like 10, 15 degrees to the left, and now you're not taking them through 180 degrees, you're just saying, well, look over here, see if you like this better. That's a much, much easier conversation to have because you're not trying to educate them on the merits of, of that kind of an alternative investment that's not a, a Wall Street investment, it's a Main Street type of investment. You're taking them just a few degrees to the left. It's much, much easier. Does that make sense? So Your goal is to find the right people who have the potential of becoming investors. How do you do that? You're going to talk to a broad spectrum of people and you're going to find, well, this person has one set of goals. Maybe they're looking to place 25 grand to work. Got another person over here that's looking to put half a million to work. This person wants a 15% rate of return on their money. This person is happy with six. By the time you've had a bunch of these conversations, you are completely confused on what to do because you can't offer a a complete menu of different choices that are gonna be perfect for everybody. You get to do one offering or maybe two, you might have a debt offering and an equity offering. But you're not going to do six, you're not going to do 10. So you have to figure out how are you going to find a sweet spot. Now, The key to doing that is to develop what's called your investor avatar. You've got to find who is your perfect investor. And this is true, by the way, and, when it come, and, and I don't want to talk, use marketing lingo, because this is not like going out and selling baseball caps. But the same concept applies. If you, are in, if you are in the world of marketing and you're marketing a specific product, you're marketing to a very, very specific customer. A uh, very simple example, you know the, the fashion designer, uh, Donna Karan, DKNY, do you know who she designed her clothing for? Herself and her three closest friends. Very, very specific customer avatar. When she came out with a line of men's suits, do you know who she designed them for? Her husband. And she simply made the assumption that there would be enough other people out there like them that there would be a market. You've got to be very, very specific. So in the case of myself, I have a couple of different investor avatars. One of them, his name is Tom. He's a real, real individual. He uh, sold a business, sold a parcel of land to Walmart for $5 million, owns three properties in Martha's Vineyard, that he rents out his luxury properties during the summer months usually 30 40 grand a week to movie stars and hedge fund managers things like that very specific individual very specific set of financial objectives and will only invest this amount of money for this term you know he's looking for a very specific model now there's turns out there's other toms out there but i've crafted my approach specifically for tom and I go looking for other people that are like Tom. And I don't, if, if there are other people that aren't like him, I'm not focused on that. So I'm looking for those folks that fit that particular model. Otherwise it's going to be very difficult to pull together an investment. You're just going to see people with money and you're going to think that they're all the same and they're not. Money always has an agenda. And if the goals for the money don't match your goals, don't take the money. So how do you match your offer to your investors' expectations? If your investor's rate of return that is expected might be 10% cash on cash, remember you, the rate of return comes from a couple of different sources. There's residual cash that's thrown off on a regular basis, and then there's the cash that's generated from the exit. That's part of the rate of return, but it only happens at the end. So then we, al- we actually calculate something called the IRR, the internal rate of return, factor that in as part of the overall investment, even though what they may focus on is the is the monthly cash on cash or the annual cash on cash return now let's say they expect 10% how much of the equity do you need to give up to generate that 10% cash on cash because a lot of people will tell you you know you're going to a, a particular structure they may say we'll do a 50-50 deal or 80-20 or 70-30 well the answer is it depends and what it depends on is what is the number that's going to generate that 10% cash on cash I've done deals where I've given up 7% equity on an apartment building and retained 93%. I've done deals where I've given up 50%. The most I've ever given up is 60 I've, A lot of people out there doing 80-20. I've never given up 80%, never had to. And if, it, and if I had to, I'd probably say the deal's too thin, so I probably wouldn't do it. So essentially you're backing into- I'm backing into the structure based on what what we need to deliver to the investors. One of the most common questions is, how do you structure the deal? How much should you raise in debt? How much should you be looking to raise in equity? Part of deal structure is, you know, you've got a capital stack. So you've got the senior debt, this is your bank debt, they're in first lien position. And they may leverage you to, let's pick a number, let's say 70% loan to value, okay? Now you've got 30% left over. The traditional view is that's gonna be equity. And it could be. Or you could do what's called mezzanine financing, or sometimes in the lingo they call it mes, or secondary financing. And you might get another, say, 10% in mezzanine financing. That's going to be more expensive money. It might not be at 45 or 5%. It might be at 8 or 10%, or maybe even 15%. But in terms of your overall blended cost of capital, it may not actually have a big impact because it's only on that 10% might be cheaper to get a 70% first and a 10% second than to get an 80% first because your rate is gonna be higher on the full 80%, right? So if you get that mezzanine financing, now you're not giving up that 10% equity, you're only giving up 20% instead of having to give up 30. A very good source for that middle tier of money is retirement accounts. So for example, you have somebody whose goal would be to earn a fixed interest rate. They don't want to take the risk of equity investing. So you're going to give them a mortgage on the property and fixed rate of return. You're not giving up any equity. They're just getting their regular monthly payment. It's a fixed income type, type product. You're not even paying down the principal on the loan because with, typically with retirement money, they don't want the capital back. They just want the rate of return. They're putting the money to work for the long term. It's it's the opposite of what a bank loan is, which is a fully amortized loan, where at the end of the term of the loan, your principal balance is zero. With, with, uh, often with mezzanine money, it's interest only. A frequent question when you have an operating business and a piece of real estate is, how do you decide where to attract the investment? Do you promote the operating business or the real estate? Where are you gonna be attracting investment? Do you want to be positioned as an operating company or as a real estate company? Or both? When you're dealing with assisted living, I think we would agree that it's mostly a service business. It's probably an 80% service business, 20% real estate. But as you know, the tax treatment has nothing to do with how much money you bring in. It has to do with how that money came in. So the way you're taxed on an operating business with payroll and so on is going to be very different on how you're taxed with a real estate business that has depreciation that you can apply. So, you can't apply depreciation to the operation, but you can apply depreciation to the real estate. Maybe it's advantageous for the real estate business to make more than its fair share of money because you can offset it with depreciation. So, I'm not a tax specialist or an accountant. I'm not even an American, so <laughs> 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 So definitely you know, get your own <laughs> professional <laughs> advice. This is not US <laughs> tax advice, according to Victor. But, uh, but you want to take a look at what's going to be the most optimum way to slice and dice the pie. I know we're going to be going on a tour here. We've had some great questions, so probably this is the place to wrap up for now. Thank you very much. the world of assisted living, a lot of people focus on how to operate the business. Not a lot of people telling you how you should go about raising the money for what is ultimately a very lucrative and compelling business. Whether your specialty is mobile home parks, multifamily, assisted living, it really doesn't matter. The process is remarkably similar. So as you're thinking about that, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.